Instant Reaction Podcast. HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a Saturday afternoon where the Iowa Hawkeyes have beaten the Northwestern Wildcats 10-7 inside of a hole on the north side of Chicago. Uh, at Wrigley Field, uh, the Hawkeyes uh, come away with a win in one of the... I mean, in a game that went under, I guess. A game that went under uh, by quite a bit. Um, a Drew Stevens 52-yard field goal into the right field bleachers was the difference. A Caleb Brown catch, welcome to the Hawkeyes. Caleb Brown uh, was able to, to set that up. Deacon Hill's best pass of the day, no question about it. Although the touchdown pass to Adam, Adam Ostrang, Addison Ostranga earlier in the half uh, was was good as well. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just not there's not a ton to say other than uh, I guess that hasn't already been said. Um, this offense is incredibly bad, and yet this team finds a way to stay in games and win games because the defense um, the defense is so good, and the special teams comes through. The special teams had an up and down day today. Uh, but ultimately made a couple of really big plays that helped win this game. Uh, and, and you know, the bottom line is the only stat that matters. Iowa is now seven and two on the season, four and two in the big are in the big 10 and alone atop the big 10 West after uh, Minnesota lost today to Illinois, just after the Iowa game went final earlier today, we saw both Nebraska and Wisconsin lose to big 10 East teams in Indiana and Michigan State. And so the season ended today, I will be playing for a Big Ten championship again with Deacon Hill at quarterback with a lame duck Brian Ferentz at offensive coordinator. It's uh and and you kind of feel the same way you felt about these next three games as you have about these last several games. And um in that it's going to be a close one possession game where hopefully you're able to make the one or two plays that that ultimately decide the winner. You get to go come back home now the next couple of weeks uh, with Rutgers and Illinois both coming to town. And then on Black Friday, you're at Nebraska, which again, three games you could win, three games you could lose. Um, <laughs> it's it's going to be interesting. I don't know that it's going to be exciting. Uh, this is an exciting defense, man. They, they've, uh, they've turned the corner from good at the start of the season to very good and now they're they're back at that elite level uh, almost pitched a shutout at in Wrigley today um gave up that touchdown late after uh, the goal line stand after a poor punt from Troy Taylor and a, a nice return from Northwestern and you're only going to be able to keep a team out of the end zone for so long when you give them that many opportunities um but the the defense played fantastic again uh we did see Cooper DeGene um, do a couple interesting things on punt returns. We saw him get a carry on offense. I think he was only in on one snap on offense, but he did have um, eight yards on that one carry. So that was just interesting, I guess, to see Cooper DeGene. But outside of that, we didn't see anything different from this offense. Um, we saw if they struggle to run, they're going to be in, in trouble. Uh, they're not going to be able to throw the ball effectively. Their, their most uh, effective early plays were all pass interference plays in the passing game. 
Um, Deacon Hill went 10 of 15 for 65 yards, an average of 4.3, a touchdown and an interception, the interception in the end zone, um, just on a, on a, not a poorly thrown ball in a big situation in the first half. Iowa had the ball inside the Northwestern. I want to say like 45, certainly on, on their side of the 50 four times and, and got no points out of any of those with a, a missed field goal from Drew Stevens at doink. You had the interception in the end zone and a couple of short punts because you couldn't, you'd, you'd lose a yard or two on third down. You you just couldn't get the ball into the end zone. Uh, ultimately, it was a blocked punt. And and then I think it still was, you know, seven plays to get 25 yards and uh, the, the two-yard throw from Deacon Hill to Addison Estrenga to to put the, the sole touchdown for the Hawkeyes on the board in the third quarter. It's just it's it's an inept offense. Um, Chad Lysico, the Des Moines Register, reported earlier that uh, Marco Linez was number two quarterback today, not Joey Labus. I don't know what's going on with Joey Labus, but it's clearly something. Whether it's injury related and they haven't listed him on the the injury report, so that seems unlikely. Um, if he's already let it be known that that he doesn't want to be a part of this team anymore and, and he plans to transfer and so they've they've put him in the doghouse because of that or if he's in the doghouse for some other reason um it's really mind-blowing and and head-scratching as to why Deacon Hill is the only option at quarterback at this point uh, because he's he's ineffective and he does turn the ball over he had a strip sack fumble that he ultimately I don't think he got it back and an offensive lineman jumped on it, but that would have been a killer turnover for Iowa. We saw that twice in the Minnesota game. And so there's just no logical reason why you're not trying somebody else at quarterback. But I guess other than you're winning games with Deacon Hill, who I guess moves to probably four and one as a starter. <laughs> it's 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 interesting, man. It is. Um, and there's again, there's only so much you can say about this offense. It is what it is, and that is terrible. And that's why the move was made earlier this week to to remove Brian Ferentz from that job at the end of the season. And it was the right move. And uh, it's uh, we're just going to have to kind of hold on tightly for these next three weeks, potentially a Big Ten championship game early December, and then certainly a bowl game uh, around the holiday season. And so... You know, buckle up, and if 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 watching a game like this, you know, makes you tear your hair out and and have anxiety through the roof, and want to throw things around the room, <laughs> maybe don't watch. Maybe uh, get outside, listen to Dolph on the the Hawkeye Radio Network, and um, do something better with your time. Because man, this this offense is tough to watch. We'll talk more about this game and uh, and what's coming up next here in just a moment. So playing inside Wrigley Field was cool as far as like the visuals of it. I thought it was neat that they had the the Big Ten scores on the out of town scoreboard up on, uh, you know, the the manual scoreboard, which I love about Wrigley. Um, the vi- again, the visuals were very cool. The sideline thing was weird. Northwestern got a sideline penalty at one point. Um, the end zone wall. Kirk Ferentz mentioned that in the post game uh, quick interview with on TV or Peacock rather. Uh, that was that was odd, and then obviously the giant hole where third base should be. Um, after the the goal line stand that Iowa made, and just all of those players putting all of that weight and all of that torque onto that turf, I just couldn't hold up. And then they there was nothing they could do, just try to fill it with sand. 
Uh, the crowd seemed really good. Uh, it seemed like a, I mean, at very at the very least, a neutral crowd. It certainly wasn't a, a Northwestern home crowd or anything like that. And there were a few times uh, when Iowa made big hits and things like that where you could tell the the Hawkeye fans were loud in there. And uh, you know, I saw in the pregame a lot of Hawkeye fans, you know, kind of hanging around Wrigleyville. Um, I think it was Chad Lysko tweeted it kind of felt like a bowl atmosphere. So that was really cool. That was cool to see. And uh, I'm sure it was a cool experience. I saw some people tweeting pictures from inside of there. It just kind of looks cool, but, um, you know, not a good playing surface. Uh, kind of a weird, weird dimensions and probably not something that, certainly not something Kirk Ferris wants to deal with again. And, you know, I guess as, as few football games as you could play on on baseball fields is probably probably better. We'll look through some other stats here. I, I, we talked about Deacon Hill. Uh, Leishon Williams had t- 79 yards, 24 carries, so just an average of 3.3 and just a long of 10. So it didn't really get out much, but uh, was was steady, and he was really kind of the workhorse today. Eight carries for Jazz Patterson, 21 yards there. And then Cooper DeGene, Deontay Vines each had a carry. Eight yards for Cooper, four for Deontay on an end around. Deacon Hill, uh, technically six carries, negative seven yards, of course. Many of those would be sacks. Caleb Brown was your leading receiver with that 23-yard catch he had in the fourth quarter to set up the game-winning field goal. Uh, Addison Estrenga had three catches, 15 yards total. Hayden Large, one catch for 15 yards. That was kind of fun to see him get that, the the fullback or or tight end potentially here. Uh, two catches for Deontay Vines, nine yards. I mean, they, again, these stats, they just show how, how much trouble this offense is having completing anything beyond, I mean, four yards, right? And, and even those... Uh, the the screenplays don't seem to be working at all. It's you're you're just lost. Jay Higgins twelve tackles, had a sack and stood up the dude on third down of that goal line stand, pushed him back. I mean that's that's a that's a man play right there, man. Jay Higgins is uh, I said it last or a couple weeks ago. He's going to be first team All Big Ten. He, um, you know potentially even more than that. He's He's been playing really, really well. Nick Jackson with seven tackles. He's been playing well as as well. Uh, Wampa, Deontay Craig, Sebastian Castro. I mean, the, <laughs> at the risk of sounding like every other instant reaction podcast for the last two and a half seasons, uh, the offense sucked. The defense was great. And special teams made the difference. Up and down for special teams. He had the, the long miss, the doink from Drew Stevens, but then nailed the game winner. I mean, straight down the middle. And that's what you needed. Uh, Tory Taylor had a rough day. He he had that. He essentially set up the Northwestern touchdown with a low line drive punt that they were able to return quite a bit. Thirty nine yard average for Tory Taylor. Just two inside the twenty. He had a touchback, um, and so that's not great. Uh, but he had the blocked punt, and so I was special teams. You know, up and down, but made the difference in the game. Blocked the punt that set up the touchdown, and kicked the field goal to win the game, and so. You walk out of there with a win, and you feel okay about that. Let's look at these ridiculous uh, team stats. 14 first downs for Iowa, 12 for Northwestern, 169 yards for Iowa, 170 for Northwestern. These teams combined for less than 340 yards. How many offenses in the country today will get that on their own? 81 passing yards for Northwestern, 65 for Iowa. Whew. 140 rushing yards for the Hawkeyes, 89 for Northwestern. Northwestern had seven penalties for 71 yards. Iowa just three for 30. 
Iowa, I guess, time of possession, almost dead even. 30 to 18 for Iowa, 29-42 for Northwestern. So these were two bad teams. You know, I tweeted something on the Hawkeye Nation account that the only offense worse than, than Iowa's is Northwestern's. But a lot of people pointed out, you know, Northwestern's playing a really good defense today, and Iowa is not. Um, Iowa's possessions, punt, then you miss the field goal, then you have the interception, then you punt, then you punt, then you punt, then it's the end of the half where you take a knee. You come out of the half, you have that 25-yard touchdown drive, seven plays uh, with Adam Addison Estringa. I'm just going to change his name to Adam. Um, and then you punt, punt, you give up that touchdown and kick the game-winning field goal before the end of the game. Ultimately, you, you take the win. You beat Northwestern on the road in you know a neutral environment, and uh, you're 7-2 and two atop the Big Ten West. <laughs> Book your hotels for Indy. Because here we come. Now you look ahead. You come home next Saturday against Rutgers. Rutgers is a team that's been you know playing better for sure, uh, but certainly not great. Uh, Illinois is kind of the same, playing better. You know, Bielema is going to want to come into Iowa City and beat the Hawkeyes, uh, and that's in two weeks. And then you go to Nebraska on Black Friday. Rutgers six and three, uh, three and three on the in in conference. They lost to Ohio State today. And again, you just don't need to break down too much about the matchups or the games. I will do that on my you know, my uh, opposition research podcast coming up later this week. But it comes down to, is Iowa's defense going to play that well? And can they find a way to score a point? Uh, how low would this over-under need to be for you to bet the over? 15? It's, it's tough to watch, man. But at least there's change coming. Um... And we know that for sure. How much change, we don't know. But we know there's change coming. Uh, this will be covered from all angles at HawkeyeNation.com. Check us out. I appreciate you listening. And go Hawks! 